Gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, you are listening to the Suds and the Squared Circle Podcast. My name is Vinny Apicella, and today is Monday, December 5th, 2022. We are here. I have decided not to do live video shows on YouTube anymore for a couple of reasons. One, I can't commit to a specific time. Um, The reason being that my personal work schedule is so crazy busy right now that... I've literally, I'm in the middle of a 14-day stretch with no days off, working anywhere from 8 to 12 hours a day, and between that and homework, because, oh yeah, I'm going for my master's degree, I just don't have the time to specifically say at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on Sundays, I will be available to do a live show, and I just don't have the time to actually market it and put it out there and promote it and, um, you know, put all the social media feeds on Twitter, uh, you know, social media uh, posts on Twitter and Instagram. and It's a lot of work. <laughs> and I'm the only person doing it. Like, I don't have, and I'm not making excuses, but I don't have a partner. Like, I, I as you can tell, I don't have a co-host on the show and everything is me. Uh, I'm, and it's not a, an, oh, what was me problem, but at the same time, I'm just love putting it out there that I just don't have, I just can't make that commitment. And to put it out there and just say, hey, you know, I'm going live at 7 o'clock tonight. And with the algorithm of Twitter, not knowing who's going to see it. And yeah, I do tag some people and, and some other shows. And, and they have done great with reposting or retweeting uh, what I put out there. But at the same time, I'm just not going to be doing live feeds anymore. It's good if you have the, if you have the ability to commit. And I give a lot of credit to James Law Jr. and JLJ Media for doing their live. You know, he does a multitude of live shows because he covers not only General Hospital, but he covers all the other episodes as well, the other soap operas as well. And then the 10th floor. Matter of fact, the 10th floor, and I'm glad that I'm actually going to be able to promote this, the 10th floor is not going to be able to go live until tomorrow, being Tuesday, December 6, 2022 at... 7 p.m. Pacific time, which is obviously 10 p.m. Eastern time, I'll be able to actually be in the chat room watching, thank God, uh, because, I again, I never can commit to a specific show. So I'll be able to be in the chat room. So definitely tune in, 10th Floor GH. Follow them on YouTube. Follow them on Twitter um, and, and Instagram. They're on Instagram as well. Go ahead and follow them and give them a shout-out and... Uh, Go watch their live uh, live show tomorrow, being Tuesday the 6th of December at 7 p.m. Pacific time. I'll be able to be in the chat room, 
But anyway, so I want to thank you all, and I give a lot of credit to those who can commit to the live shows. And even, you know, as you can tell, like I said, the 10th floor had to rearrange their schedule as well due to life getting in the way, you know. Um, but anywho, we're here. We got a lot to talk about. And uh, I am going to start going out and um, putting on clips. I don't own the rights to anything, but I am going to choose a clip of the week from each of the in uh, each of the uh shows that i cover right general hospital wwe and i have not watched the new young rock yet so i do have to watch young rock and uh this week f from this past friday i have to watch it and then i'll report on two episodes next monday when i drop the show um i don't know if i'll necessarily do a a uh, clip of young rock Unless I see something that's so grossly and in, historically inaccurate or something that, you know, and I'm not saying that I was in the locker room with Dwayne Johnson or anybody else in the WWE, but at the same time, like, I've watched wrestling for years. I remember, I have, I have the memory of an elephant. <laughs> like, I can remember things for, you know, from years and, and write down, you know, my mother has always told me that I am full of useless knowledge um, because I can remember stuff... To be honest with you, I got to tell you something. So, here's the deal. Before we actually get into the recaps of the shows, everybody's wondering, as a 41-year-old man, why do I still watch wrestling? Why do I, you know, why haven't I grown out of it? Because there's a lot of people, you know, when you're in high school, it's great. And when I was in high school, it was in the middle of the Attitude Era, right? DX was big, NWO was big. I still watch it. I'm still a huge NWO fan. As a matter of fact, at my wedding i had i actually um paid um and i had uh neil pruitt the voice of the uh new world order you know the the voice of the nwo advertisements and stuff i had him do a piece for my wedding and uh, i'm not going to play it on here because i don't have the right to um but at some point i may post the actual video on Twitter, and I'll let everybody know if I do, if I get it, um, but I'm still a huge wrestling fan, I'm still a huge NWO fan, and you, you want to know why, is because it's something I can relate to, um, and this is some. this is getting very deep in the woods, and, um, it's something that really, I don't want to, it's not something that bothers me, but it's something that, that that's not talked about, like, I'm, I'm not a huge advocate for putting your feelings out there, right? I come from the old school, all right? I come from, you know, being 41 years old, I was born in 1981, you suck it up. You go to work, you do what you gotta do. You don't bring your personal life into work. You don't bring your mental health into work. Yes, everybody deserves some time off. Everybody deserves some uh, downtime and, and quote unquote mental health day. Everybody deserves that, right? But at the same time, it's life stuff's gonna happen, you're gonna go through shit in your life, get over it, like, you know, if you need to have, and I've been in therapy myself, I've had therapists, I've talked to counselors, you know, whatever, um, and you, you, you talk through things, even a trusted friend, not necessarily that they'll have the tools to be equipped to help you with whatever you're dealing with, but at least somebody to listen to, you know, a good set of ears, I'm a good set, I have a good set of ears, and I've talked to many friends who've needed it over the years just to allow them to vent, right? Um, what I don't like, what I don't like is people putting such a 
big preference on mental health. And and it's not that it doesn't, you know, a huge thing on mental health and learning disabilities. And, it's not, and, it's, and it has nothing to do with the fact that it's not important. I don't like it because, quite honestly, it's nobody else's business. Like, if, if I choose to put out there... If I, if I choose to go to a trusted friend, and I'm not talking about Twitter, I'm not talking about social media, if I go ahead and put it out there to a trusted friend saying, hey, you know, I'm struggling with this, you know, and, I, and I'm going to be completely honest with you, during um, the COVID lockdown and, you know, and the word lockdown itself um, really gave me some anxiety. Um, for those of you that don't know, you know, I've had... I've been in prison before. I'm very open about it. You know what I mean? And, you know, when I had my interview on the fan spotlight of um, Pier 54 back in the summer of 2021, I had, you know, I had told them, you know, I've been in prison. I could give you kind of an insight into how they do things wrong with Pentonville and on General Hospital and so on and so forth. Um, you know, and so during the 2020, during the height of the COVID pandemic, and everybody's like, oh yeah, we're on lockdown, because we can only go to the store, we can't go out past a certain time, and only essential workers are able to go, and we gotta wear masks, and we gotta isolate, you gotta be six feet apart. Well, that's not a lockdown, right? A lockdown is when you're in a, in a cell, maybe six by nine, six feet by nine feet, two adult, grown adult males sharing a bunk all right, one on top, one on the bottom, and not able to leave that that cell except to shower once every three days. So that's a lockdown. So when when you're on the news and and on social media and people are constantly talking about, uh, you know, oh, we're on lockdown, we're going back on lockdown. Unless you've been in prison, you don't know what lockdown means. You can still get in your car go to the grocery store, go to the bank. Uh, you could still go out of your house and walk around the block or walk to a park. Um, and like I said, I'm not somebody that shares a lot about my uh, mental health or anything because quite honestly, unless I choose to go to somebody to talk about it, it's nobody's business. And that's what I don't like. When people, the way I look at it, is that people that put it out there about their mental health, okay, they're looking for attention. Um, and I've, you know, but it is important. It is important to get your stuff together and get yourself well. And I personally believe that. However, with that said, and I'm not talking about when you're posting on Twitter that the comments or the retweets or, you know, the trolls out there that, that are just freaking nasty affect your mental health. That I'm not talking about because that's warranted. If you're going on, everybody on social media has their opinion, they post their opinion, whether it's political, whether it's wrestling, whether it's soap opera, whether it's baseball, basketball, XYZ, whatever it is, everybody has the right to post their opinion on social media. But when you get the trolls out there that, that like constantly barrage you uh, for anything, and you know, you could make a comment that's you know, just a, a generic comment about whatever subject it may be. And you're going to have three or four people who are hardcore obsessed, who have nothing better to do with their lives, in your comments telling you to drop dead or telling you to, you know, for whatever, or making fun of the way you look or bullying. Or, again, 
it happens. So when you go on to social media and you go on to Twitter and you say, hey, you know what? You people are freaking toxic. And, you know, I'm not posting on Twitter anymore because of, you know, the trolls out there. And it's sad that people, it's sad when people get, you feel they have to deactivate their social media accounts because the, the people that are sitting behind their phones or their keyboards can't be respectful. Like, there's so many toxic fans of, and I don't even call them fans because they're not fans. They're just people who, keyboard warriors, right? There's so many people out there that just want to berate, like, the, the absolute, I want to say there are two really bad, really toxic, quote unquote, fandoms, and those are the AEW fandoms and Sasha Banks fandom. Those people will, I swear, they will take up arms to fight anybody or, 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 or you know, to fight anybody, go to war with anybody who says anything bad about what they like. Well, me personally, you got a problem because I don't like AEW. Yeah, they do some things well. But the majority of the stuff, it's like Tony Khan, who owns AEW, in my opinion, he's just a, a little kid. He never got out of the whole mindset of this is a wrestling figure league, right? You know, and he said he's had the dynamite name since he was, you know, a teenager doing his G.I. Joe League or, or wrestling figure league, whatever. I'm sorry, Brian Last had the G.I. Joe League, right? But, um... No, and, and every time somebody new from WWE is released and he's able to pick them up like a Christmas gift and unwrap the gift and it's a new toy, I'm playing with him for three weeks and then he's tossed to the pile. Ask yourself, where is Miro right now? And yeah, I know, he's had some acting, he's had some injuries, I get that. But why is he not being featured on TV? Um, where, you know, he hasn't been, I don't think he's been featured on TV in almost a year. Right? Ever since he lost it, what, didn't he lose the TNT Championship to Wardlow or, or, or something? Like, I don't follow AEW, but, you know, the, the extent of AEW coverage that I get is through Jim Cornette. And I know it's not the best place, but between the wrestling news, Jim Cornette, and even some stuff on the Ad Free Shows podcast, that's where I get my AEW news from. What, and Ring the Bell Radio, I can't forget them. But, you know, where's Miro now? What's happening to Keith Lee and Swerve Scott? Or you're going to look at a guy like Keith Lee who everybody had such high hopes for. He was an indie darling. Goes to WWE, NXT, Triple E, fared well under NXT. Goes to the main roster and he falls off. He falls flat. And then they release him. He goes to AEW and what's he in the tag team with Swerve Scott? He's got, you know, like, he's got a certain image. Keith Lee, a big guy, 350 plus pounds, you know, he's... He had a great spot in the Royal Rumble with Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, you know, each one. and Or Survivor Series with Roman Reigns. It was Royal Rumble with Brock Lesnar. But, um, you know, and he had that, but he doesn't have that mentality. When they, <laughs> when, they, when they brought him up to the main roster in the middle of COVID and they started calling him Bearcat Keith Lee, right? And everybody went up on arms. Oh, he, you know, it's only because Bearcat Wright and... And why are they changing his gimmick and all that kind of stuff? Well, they need to put a gimmick on him because the guy is a big guy, but he talks like, like Jim Cornette says, he talks like Fraser Crane. He's a smart guy. He's an intelligent guy. All right. But you don't have to put that into your promos. When you're a big guy, you have to be a monster, right? And I'm not trying to typecast every big guy, whatever, but look at the past. Look at the past, 
right? You had Bam Bam Bigelow. He had that bass in his voice, and he had his tattooed head, and you know, and Vader. You know, big guys like Mark Henry, even. You know, and I'm surprised when Mark Henry, before he signed with AEW, I am shocked that he didn't work with Keith Lee and, and you know, kind of be like, hey, you've got to get that tenacity, that veracity, and get that bass in your, you know, get that, 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 that snarl in your voice and go out there and kick the shit out of people, right? That's the, you know, because Keith Lee could have been the next Mark Henry. He could have been a, a fantastic guy to draw the crowd, get the heat, because he was bringing people to a hall of pain. But, no, he'd rather cut promos like Fraser Crane and use his intelligence and his book smarts. Which, okay, it's, it's a new thing. But after two promos and it's not getting over with the general fan, the casual fan, I'm not talking about the marks that are in their parents' basements and, you know, just live online and, and read The Observer and listen to, uh, Dave Meltzer, right? I'm not talking about them. I'm talking about the people that are going to watch on a Monday night, may or may not watch, and if you hook them, you hook them, and they come back for more, and they come back week after week after week because they connect with Keith Lee, right? I'm not talking about the people that attend the Maryland Championship Wrestling shows that you wrestled on that know who you are from the indies. I'm not discounting an indie... Uh, and in the career because you're making money doing what you love, right? But after a certain time frame, when you're on the WWE, the world's largest wrestling promotion on their main roster, on their flagship show, Monday Night Raw, and you're and, and okay, it's COVID, you're you're not getting a response anyways, but you're failing to get better and get into the title picture where you so so clearly could be there's a problem. And there's some, you know, so now he's in AEW and he's in a tag team with Swerve Scott. And, you know, yeah, they were tag team champions. But, again, why did Tony Khan put Swerve and Keith Lee together? They had nothing together. Like, there's no common commonality between them. Right? FTR's been together for years. Young Bucks are brothers. Uh, the Lucha Brothers are brothers. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, they all have a common thread. What's the common thread with Keith Lee and Swerve Scott? You know, and it's called Swerve in My Glory, right? All right, so enough off that rant. I know I went XYZ in the different directions. However, get to our first clip today. Probably, in my opinion, the best storyline of the week. And I know I guess I'm going to get some heat for that because um, up until this point in time, the storyline's been so so slow, right? Um, the Chase and Brooklyn storyline. You know, with with Link and get like this stuff could have been wrapped up a lot quicker. Um, and I'm not, and it's not because I don't like long term storytelling. I love long term storytelling. But when when you have like Dante back in September going to Brooklyn saying, "Hey, you know, we're gonna have this meeting. We want to get Chase rehired. You know, that's what he wants. Could you, you know, a letter from you would do great because he he defended your honor twice." And that's why he got suspended. You know what I mean? Like, And uh, Dante is telling her that, and it's two months ago. And, and you want... All points lead to Brooklyn changing her, you know, not being selfish anymore. You know, she she loves this guy. She, they're doing stuff together. But then, you know, she, she decides to get it. So we're going to get to our first clip right now. And um, that's going to be... 
from uh, Wednesday's episode of General Hospital, Chase and Sasha, right when um, Chase confronts her about the fact that there's been no uh, letter written uh, by the uh, review board. So we'll be right back. Dante told you about the letter? Yeah, he assumed I knew. Figured you looped me in. Just hadn't found the time to get it written yet. What with making music and scamming Link. Well, we've been crazy busy, right? I mean, every day, all day, I am hustling for every hour that you perform. You're setting up interviews and, and promos. I mean, I can barely even breathe. Yeah, it's a lot of work. You've really thrown yourself into it. Yeah, you know, letting all my responsibilities at deception slide. So maybe you... All right, we're back. Um, that was a crazy, uh, a crazy dialogue there between Chase and Sasha, uh, Chase and Brooklyn, and you know it's amazing to me that you want to portray Brooklyn now as somebody who is in love with Chase and they want to work things together and they're a team, but yet she still has that underlying selfish vibe. Like they they got together because they were trying to. Set Link up so that, uh, why do I keep saying Sasha? Um, so Brooklyn can get her, get her songs back from Link, right? You know, set him up, get him caught in whatever kind of shady shenanigans that he was going through. But yet, you know, they fell in love. They started, um, you know, going out and getting together. And then they finally slept together after a year of teasing it. Um, you know, and, and now that you put that wrinkle in, right? Chase, who has been vocal since the very beginning, that as soon as he be, he's able to become a cop again, he wants to become a cop, right? Um, and, and Brooklyn knew about it, but then she chose not to write that letter to the review board, you know, even after Dante kind of was giving her a pep talk and saying, hey, this is what he wants. Why haven't you done it yet? You know what I mean? As long as you say that he was defending your honor twice, then, you know, they'll, be, they'll probably be more lenient and let him go, but... But unfortunately, that's going to derail Brooklyn's plans, right? Um, to get her her songs back from Link. And, and that was the whole thing. And so now Chase is like, hey, ha, you know, Dante said that he asked you months ago to write this letter. Why didn't you? And it's causing the... It, to be honest, it's, it's it destroyed their relationship now. Because then Brooklyn's like, oh my gosh, I, I, I fucked up again. Excuse my language for those of you who got offended by by, by words like that. Um, you, you know, I screwed up again and I, I really love this guy and I want him to be happy. And I, I don't want to be selfish. You know, so it's like... And I get it. <laughs> right? I get it. And I, I, think, I think anybody in a relationship... Um, there's a, 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 one of the biggest flaws in a relationship that I've seen and experienced myself is self-sabotage, you know, where you're constantly in this mindset, right? And then Brooklyn even said, you know, I've never been in a committed relationship like this before to the point where, you know, I've had to not put myself first, <laughs> right? Um, but I think that's kind of like a rut that many people get into. I know I have. And, you know, for those of you out there that, that, that know, you know, I am married now. I got married in July. Um, and 
but previously, you know, I'd been in different relationships who I thought, you know, well, there she's the one. And, you know, and I wanted to get with her and get married and, and, and been in a relationship, but we're happy. And then, you know what, I do something really stupid that I don't think would affect or, or how it would affect the other person, right? And, and then the relationship is over. And then I'm trying to backtrack, trying to make things right. And you know what they say about, you know, taking your ex back, you know, it's like trying to push a piece of poop right back up your butt. <laughs> Sorry, I had to break out my redneck voice there. But it's the truth. Um, you know, you, 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 you realize it's, it's just like the old saying is you don't know what you got till it's gone. Um, and in this case, Brooklyn realizes that Chase is gone and now she's trying to look at like, well, shit, I, I really, really loved him and I really liked him and I, I wanted to be with him and, and we had such a great time and we were happy. Why couldn't I get out of my own way and put his needs in front of my own? Now, granted, if, let's say, you know what I mean? Like, here's the deal. Here's how it could have been spun, all right? And then I'm going to give you a kind of a what-if scenario. Let's say Brooklyn does do the right thing, right? And and she writes a letter, and, and Chase gets reinstated, and now he and Dante are, are um, you know, partners again. But, but see, here's the thing. Now... I know that they're, 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 that a lot of times the general hospital writers rip headlines. It's almost like like Law & Order, SVU, how they rip the information from the headlines and they do something that's like, like the situation but not. And, you know, it's a fictional representation of something that really happened. Well, soap opera writers are the same way. So, like, the whole thing with Sasha now is, like, Britney Spears' conservatorship, right? Cause she she went down the defense, she spiraled down, had to have her dad as her guardian, yada, 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 right? So this one with Brooklyn and Chase is similar to the Me Too movement, right? The, the speaking out in, in wrestling terms. Almost like the Me Too movement. So you have, so what could have been done, okay? We're going we're gonna to rewind a little bit and we're going to say, hey, you know what? Brooklyn's going to write the letter. Chase is going to be reinstated as a detective. Okay? Now, Chase is partners with Dante and they're sitting in the squad room and he asks, well, hey, how was your singing career? Or whatever. And he goes, well, you know, it really was okay. You know, I, I loved helping Brooklyn out. But you know... The guy, Link, that I punched, you know, and it's going to look like a conflict of interest if I go after him, but I witnessed him, you know, sexually harassing this other singer, right? And, you know, he's got this aura about him, and she's even said to me that, you know, she wants to make it big, so she's going to allow him to have his advances. So now that's uh, something that the actual police department can... Uh, you know, that they can go ahead and, and put the detectives on it and they can investigate. And then Link gets brought to justice. So it could work, to, it could have worked that way. But of course, that wouldn't be any, that wouldn't be a soapy kind of, uh, a, a soapy kind of storyline, right? Um, even though, in my opinion, it probably would have been a better storyline, especially for those people out there that really, truly cared about Chase and Brooklyn, and, and that they were finally happy that they finally got together, right? Um, 
but for those of, for those people out there that you know weren't a fan of Chase in Brooklyn, um, well, you got what you wish. They're broken up now, right? <laughs> um, maybe they'll come through and fix it. Maybe you know, but um, now with the with the new scenes, you know, on Friday's episode, how they had Chase and Sasha kind of talking about problems and as they say, chem testing. We already know that Sasha and and and, and Chase are friends and, and that, you know, they, they manipulated the situation with Willow and Michael to, you know, get him able to, to get Wiley from Nell. And, and we all know that history, right? Um, so now they're kind of revisiting, hey, maybe we should get together, you know, maybe they'll get, maybe the writers will put them together for real this time. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. It's too early to tell in that storyline whether or not that's going to go. All right. Um, I kind of broke down that whole Chase in Brooklyn situation, gave my alternate ending, alternate reality, what could have happened. Uh, now, moving right along to Robert, Holly, Anna, uh, this whole thing, you know, last week it did come out, or the week prior, it came out that Holly was the one that shot Lucy. You know, Lucy's not dead, we know that, she's taken to a hiding spot. Come, she'll be found when it comes to time for the nurses' ball again around the 60th anniversary, right? That this is the whole storyline, um, and she'll, you know, she'll be found roughly maybe in January or February, and she'll come back, and you know, she'll be on such a high because you know she was being held as a prisoner, but now it's time to give back, and we're gonna do another nurses' ball. At least that's my assumption. But, um, Holly, you know, they showed that Holly was the one that took off the wig and, you know, disguised herself as, um, as Anna. And, of course, this was way before Holly, quote-unquote, resurfaced, right? Um, or maybe it was after. I can't remember. But, either way, and then Robert called her out. Robert called her out on it, and, you know, they got the whole story, how, how Victor Cassidyne is holding Ethan, and... You know, there's, there's still no information on 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 Luke, right? Whether or not Luke is alive, I, I highly doubt it. Unless Anthony Gary himself had passed away, I highly doubt they would kill Luke Spencer off off screen. I, I, just being the legacy character that Luke is, you know, Luke and Laura got their highest ratings in 1981 for their wedding. Um, so I highly doubt that they would do that. So maybe it's all gearing up for. Luke coming back. Now, this is just a shot in the dark room. You know, shot in the dark. It's not even a rumor. Just a shot in the dark. Maybe they're gearing up for the 60th anniversary. Luke coming back. You know, Anthony Gary coming back for, you know, a two-day stint or a week stint. You know, because he's happy in Amsterdam, right? He retired from acting. He's he's living in Amsterdam. He's got no cares in the world. You know, he doesn't need to come back to Hollywood, especially after COVID and, and, and the whole thing. And maybe, for all we know, he could be unvaccinated and Disney wouldn't want them back, right? No, okay, actually, Disney dropped the vaccine mandate. Um, but, you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. He, he's retired. He's off the grid. Don't have any news about Anthony Gary. So I'm just putting it out there in the universe. Maybe Luke will come back. I don't know. But... All right, so, you know, then they had uh, Marshall and the Ashford family Thanksgiving. They had how Jordan and, and Curtis were talking, and 
Uh, Trina was talking with Marshall about his diagnosis and, you know, life in general and, you know, to bring up about Rory and Rory hasn't been around, but Trina's having, you know, different feelings about Spencer and, uh, you know, that, the, okay, I got to address this, okay? I don't get the, the appeal of putting Spencer and Trina together. I don't. Is it just because, you know, it's a, you know, an interracial couple? I don't, I don't know. But, I mean, you also have Molly and TJ for that. I, and I'm just guessing at it, right? I don't, I don't get it. I think Sydney Michaela had better chemistry with Nicholas Alexander Chavez. I don't think Tabiana, Tabiana Ali has that same type of chemistry. And that's the problem you run into when you have a recast in the middle of a storyline. Now, you know, it, it just, I don't see them being a super couple. I don't see the appeal of putting them together. Like, okay, Young Love, I get that. You know, you had Joss and, and, and Oscar and then Joss and Cam and now Joss and Dex and starting to be Carly Jr. Um, but, you know, why? Like, why is, why are they so hell-bent on putting uh, Spencer and Trina together? Right, and it has nothing to do. I want to. I want to reiterate. It has nothing to do with with a dislike of, of interracial couples. That's not what I'm saying, right? And so I don't want to get my words twisted. But what I am saying is, I don't see the appeal of of those two characters being together. Like I don't see the chemistry there. Like I think they they went in a different direction. Had Trina be with Rory because, you know, they because Rory was a, is a cop and. Um, you know, Spencer's in prison now and, you know, just a different person. And I thought they, that they could have been a better couple being Rory and, and Trina, you know, and then Spencer's out on his own because he's the one that brought the cancer of Esme into the picture. <laughs> Speaking of Esme, we'll get back to her in a, in a little bit. And I don't even know what how long I've been. I think I've been at this for about a half hour, if not more. And we do have to get on to WWE news, but in the, in the meantime, I'm just going to kind of go off this and say, I don't get the appeal. Um, that, you know, Portia also asked Marshall if, you know, if he really wants to get tested for the markers for um, being uh, schizophrenic, right? Because Curtis didn't have the markers. So, you know, and he wasn't necessarily, and, and Marshall wasn't necessarily diagnosed, quote unquote, with schizophrenia. He was just kind of told that when he was put into prison. And that could have been just... A, just an excuse, right? So it, it is it is a possibility as to her, him not being schizophrenic, and now they can actually test it. Um, you know, and it was pretty you know pretty decent. You know, I love how how you know they they kept referring back to the pie recipe was Porsche's, but Curtis made it right. You know, and they were going to bring that last piece to Nika at, at the um, at the Savoy, you know, but then Trina ended up eating it. Um, you know, and I like, I like going through that family, that new, uh, family dynamic, right? With, with Curtis being, you know, Curtis and Portia getting married soon and, you know, he's going to be Trina's stepfather and Trina resents him, you know, kind of going around her and, and doing stuff, you know, to get her the, um, to get her the, what was it, internship at the other, the Port Charles Museum, the Chuck Right, um, instead of Ava's gallery because you know Ava's closing the gallery because of the hook killer and all that kind of stuff, the hooker. Um, so I, I really and truly enjoy seeing that family dynamic come together. 
I wish they didn't hold off so long on the the Jordan Curtis divorce paperwork and that kind of that was kind of like a fizzling fart in church. It really was that that just like oh Stella remembered something and 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 then you know like they could have done so much more with that and I guess maybe it's because you know um, Vernie Watson who plays Stella just doesn't she's not on contract so she doesn't not a full timer she's as part time as Brock Lesnar is in the WWE. Um, as a matter of fact, maybe she makes more. No, Brock's been okay in this run. But, no, um, maybe that's why they kind of dropped that, right? Like, they flashed back to it because that happened, oh, God, was that pre-COVID? No, it wasn't pre-COVID, but it was about a year ago, you know, when, when, um, Stella had her, her stroke and then, you know, fainted and then the, the papers got wet and camera threw them away and, and she couldn't remember what they were and then she figured it out, you know, like... Uh, it just so happens it, it comes up when, you know, it wouldn't be a soap opera if it didn't come up when they're, you know, when Curtis proposes to Portia, but yet he's still married to Jordan, right? Uh, that's that soapy goodness, right? Um, so, I, I don't think, you know, I've heard through the Girl of Vine, uh, Tristan Rogers on Twitter said that Emma Sam has gone home. She's not, you know, Holly's not there anymore. So her, you know, her little story arc is over. Will she come back for the 60th anniversary? Perhaps. I think she might. Um, although now she's a fugitive. So we shall see. <laughs> um, Alright. What else did happen this week? Um, Joss and Dex getting closer. Them, them fighting their feelings. You know, jo you know, Joss is, what, 20 years old? 19 years old? She's going to have different loves. Like, she's got to break it off with, with Cameron. I... I get that but see here's the thing here's the dynamic here and and i'm gonna end up talking a lot more about general hospital than wwe in this episode but it it has to be said and of course you know last week i only did like a very short live uh live show which you know i i didn't do much on and the week before it was only a live show it's and i didn't release it to the uh podcast feed so i do have a lot to go over so here's the thing they're making Joss out to be somebody who is just like her mother. She's just like Carly, right? So, here, here's the thing. If you actually compare, compare them, right? You have Carly who has gone through her many men. She came in scheming and stole, you know, slept with her stepfather, Tony, and, you know, what have you. So, and then she got with Sonny, and then she got with Alcazar, and then she got with Jax, and... Jax was a great guy, you know, he has business dealings, and he had his shady shenanigans going on at times, but for the most part, you know, he hated Sonny, which, you know, that shows that he's a baby face, because Sonny's a heel, I mean, you know, Sonny is the proverbial baby face in, in the show, but he's a mobster, right, um, he's a mob kingpin, how is that the, how the hell is that a baby face, well, it's past editor error, so it might be, but anyways, we're going back, um, you have, uh, you know, and she was with Jax, who is Jocelyn's father, right? And Jax is, a, for the most part, an upstanding citizen, just like Ingo Rademacher is himself. Um, and, jo you know, Joss goes ahead and is with Cameron. And, actually, before I even go there, you know, Carly get you know breaks up with Jax to go back to Sonny. And then he's, she's with Franco. And then back to Sonny after that. And now she with Drew, and we'll see how that goes. But Joss, like, okay, so I'm wondering if Joss is not suffering from some type of PTSD, the fact when Oscar died, 
um, that something broke in her, right? She found her one true love, and then after that, it's like everybody else is either disposable or she'll go for the next thrill, right? Um, so you go ahead and you get, um, you go ahead and you get Joss, who she loved Oscar, and Oscar passed away. Okay, I get that storyline. It sucked, and Jocelyn was so hurt, but then Cameron was right there for her as her, as her best friend. They finally start dating because they're like, oh, well, you know, we've loved, we've been together for a long time, and, you know, you've always been there for me, and I love you for that, and, and you know, but now you see the reality of life and, and, and the reality of different social circumstances coming into play, right? Cameron, who her, his, you know, her, his mother is a single mother with three three boys um you know she works full-time as a nurse so she's on all hours of the week and you know franco died and you know they're still trying to pay off bills and everything so you get to you get the point where you know she's working her ass off she's that middle class you know uh mi you know middle class family camera comes from and he's working not only at kelly's as the manager but also he's taking care of his brothers you know when elizabeth has to go on her fact-finding mission um or when she's in, you know, when she's in Shady Brook or, or whatever. Um, so Cameron is showing his responsibility as a young man and a lot of maturity. Jocelyn has always had that elitist attitude. She was able to, you know, go through high school, have the extracurricular activities and, you know, go through and, um, you know, play volleyball and get her, get into PCU. She didn't get the scholarship because she was injured. But, you know, she's playing volleyball at PCU, and she doesn't have to work. Like, we've never seen Jocelyn work at all. She's done a couple of volunteering things, but she's never worked, right? Um, you know, and and now she's helping Dex because Dex is the new Jason, and now it's going to be a repeat of the Carly Jason storyline. And I'm not saying that, you know, Dex is going to get Jocelyn pregnant anytime soon or what have you. That's just not going to, that's not what I'm saying at all. But what I'm saying is the fact that um, Dex is a bad boy. And Jocelyn, just like her mother, is drawn to the bad boys. And, you know, she's going to break Cameron's heart. And, and she's going to go for this. And it's going to be a whirlwind thing with Dex. And, and then after that, they're going to break up. And she's going to be lost. And, and maybe it's all because her first true love passed away in Oscar. And now she just doesn't know how to process those feelings because she is so young. And only so much di uh, journaling or, or talking can really get that information through to you, especially as a 20-year-old, right? You know, we haven't seen her really become an alcoholic, which is a good thing. We haven't seen her go to drugs, which is a good thing. Um, but then you go ahead and you get, you know, the fact that she's being drawn to this bad boy who, you know, is a in better shape than Cameron, right? Has a better physical physique than Cameron. Um, you know, and, and he does this physical work and he's out there and, you know, he's not stuck waiting tables at a restaurant and, and everything. You know what I mean? So there's that discrepancy. Carly makes bad choices. Jocelyn is going to follow right in the same path and pattern. All right. Um, I know there were other storylines that went on in General Hospital, but in my opinion, they weren't that big. Other than um, 
Britt, I've got to say Britt, it just nailed it over the past couple of weeks. I feel so bad for, for Britt. You know, congrats to Kelly Tebow for, you know, booking Station 9, 19 and, you know, going on to primetime. And I get that. And I'll probably end up watching it because of her because I absolutely love her. Um, but um, I feel so bad for Britt. Like, I don't want them to kill off the character. But, you know, somebody, you know, my mother kind of pointed this out to me because I said, oh, well, you know, it's, you know, maybe she'll go away to a clinic and she'll come back in a year or whatever and she'll be, and you know, and she'll be cured and, my mother's like, well, here's the deal. If they do that, it's almost like a slap in the face or giving people who actually have that Huntington's disease that there's a cure out there, and they can be. There is no cure for it. So, you know, and, and you know, it's progressed to the point now where there's no cure for Brit. It's just she was almost given a death sentence. You know, she's going to be able to be stopped. She's going to stop being a functioning member of society in a year and a half. Um, and I feel so bad for it. And I, I love the fact, I love the scenes with Liesl and, and Britt, you know, I don't need a doctor. I need a mother, right? That's, uh, that spoke volumes to where their, their, you know, character relationship has gotten to, right? Um, yeah, I, I, I just, I, I, I really care about that. That storyline is really, really good. You know, I care about Brit as a character. It kind of, it she'd been turned, she turned faced a long time ago instead of being a heel, but that just kind of cemented it, almost like Roman Reigns with the leukemia storyline. Well, it, no, sorry, back up. It wasn't a storyline. You know, there was no leukemia storyline. It was just um, him having leukemia and coming out there and, and saying his real name was Joe. Uh, and then, you know, subsequently coming back and, you know, tearing it up, right? <clears throat> okay. <laughs> no, that leukemia was not a storyline. Uh, Willow is in the middle of a leukemia storyline, and her and Nina got into it this week. I'm getting tired of those scenes. Like, you know, Carly, again, Carly is the... the she is the catalyst to the... Like, Nina and, and and Willow never had a girly good relationship, right? But then Michael went on his high horse against Sonny. And how Sonny ruined... You know, Nina ruined their family. And he chose Sonny... He chose Nina over Carly. And yeah, how many times has Carly cheated on someone? And, and cheated on Sonny in general, right? But that's beside the point, right? Because none of them broke up the marriage. Uh, but anywho. Um, maybe it's just Nina. Right, um, but no, you know, and then Willow faints at the end of the end of uh, Thursday's episode, so they try to get her nine one one. Oh, that that storyline just giving me just get it over with already. That's the storyline I want to see end. Like, come on out now that that Nina is Willow's mother and she saves her with the, with the, you know, with a blood transfusion, with the platelets, or with the whatever you know what I mean, with bone marrow, um, and eventually they grow to like each other. I mean, hell, Sonny shot his own son, and they're back. And that's another thing, you know, Dante going to see Sonny, saying, hey, you know, Dex lied for you. I know you had something to do with Anna disappearing and, and beating up Dex, and um, I know all of about it, but because Dex is covering for you, we're not, you know, we can't touch you. And, and then, you know, Sonny saying, oh, I would understand if you, I would understand if you had to arrest me, and I would still love you as my son. 
So, you know, it's kind of showing how Sonny still loves Michael, even though Michael's acting like a petulant child. Uh, all right, I'm going to move on. <laughs> all right, uh, my last clip for the day, for today, um, is going to be from Survivor Series War Games, the final minute, minutes of the match when Sami Zayn becomes Sami Uso. We'll be right back. Remember the rivalry these two had two years ago? Kevin Owens said it is far from over. I want another opportunity at the Undisputed Champion. Many people, myself included, believe that that night at Royal Rumble, had it not been for the last man KO champion. Oh, boy. Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens slugging it out now in the war game structure. Like the Habs are in town. Look at a Superman punch. Kevin Owens went for the stunner. Superman punched by Reigns right on the chin. I haven't had anyone in Boston throw hands like that since Cam Neely. Oh, into a super kick as he went for the spear. Kevin Owens went for the pop-up powerbomb. Reigns is down. And as you can tell, that was the ending of the War Games match at Survivor Series last sun last Saturday. And Sami Zayn helping the Bloodline get the victory. Now, throughout the match, or throughout the night, and even starting on, on the SmackDown the Friday before, they were questioning, right? They were questioning Sami's motives. You know, yeah, he had talked to Kevin Owens in the back, but then lied to the Usos and said that he didn't talk to anybody already, you know, earlier that day. And then, um, you know, getting called in to talk to Roman earlier on Survivor Series saying, hey, are you with us or are you going to stab us in the back? He said, no, I'm with you, man. And regardless of what the Usos say, you know, uh, I'm with you. And he uh, poured his heart out. And, you know, then during the match, how Roman... Instead of having uh, Jimmy Uso go out second to help Jay Uso, he said, "No, Sammy's going out there," and it and it made made it to the point where Sam, Sammy and Jay had to work together as a team, and 
that story that that story in a story itself kind of threaded throughout, right? And it's been threading, and and the storyline is awesome. Um, you know, so then it comes to a point where Jey Uso accidentally gives a super kick to Sammy because um, I think it was Kevin Owens or someone got out of the way. It was an accident. Of course, the crowd starts saying, asshole, asshole, <laughs> because the crowd always does, right? But then you go ahead and you get, at the very end, Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns are going at it. And then, as you heard, gave gave Reigns a stunner, and, and Reigns wasn't getting up. Like, like there, was no, there was no shoulder coming up, there was no kick out, the match would have been over, and Sammy... Instead of going after Kevin and just kicking him off, right? He actually jumped on the referee to stop the count and grabbed the arm of the ref to stop the count, which in turn got Kevin Owens himself to get up and, and you know, they had that argument. Then he caught the super kick from Jay Uso, from one of the Usos, whether it's Jimmy or Jay. And then Sammy goes downstairs and gives Kevin Owens a low blow. And then Jey Uso off the top rope with the frog splash. One, two, three. The Bloodline wins War Games. Fantastic story throughout the whole night and throughout that whole match. Um, the women's War Game match, you know, Bianca Belair's team, the, the baby faces came out ahead and won the match there. Uh, I don't, you know, Becky Lynch won by giving a... Uh, a leg drop through two, through a table onto Dakota Kai and Yo Sky. Uh, I don't know. Um, too many weapons. Like, and I get it. And I don't want to sound like a fuddy duddy or whatever. And I get the tables. You know what I mean? Like, if they bring in one table, fine. But a, you don't need to have. You don't need to have a table on. You don't have to have the weapons in both ladder mat in both. Um, War Games matches, right? The, the cage itself is the weapon. And that's what what should have been done. Um, and Bu Bully Ray on Busted Open said the same thing. Cornette um, said the same thing. Why do all those ta all those weapons? Like, there's no reason for all those weapons to be brought in. Chairs and tables and ladders and kendo sticks in the women's match. Chairs and tables, you know, in the, in the men's match. But the men's match had a much better storyline. And I... And I could understand that, and they did what they had to do. But the problem is, you know, you're 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 getting to a point where where we know it's fantasy, we know it's not reality, we know that wrestle, you know, professional wrestling is choreographed and it's a scripted form of entertainment. We get that, right? But they've come away. There's no realism to it, and the problem is, is that you get to the point where. If somebody goes through a table, you're knocked out. <laughs> like any any normal person, right? And we want you know we want the wrestlers to be superheroes, so I get it. You know that they could take all beauty and come back from it. I get it. But at the same time, you got to look at it this way: Why, pray tell, are they going to make it so that all right, if you get hit with a kind of if you get hit with a steel chair over the top of the head and you're able to get up in two seconds, like that's not. You know, it's not real. And I I understand it's choreographed, but at the same time, it has to have that air of realism. And I think that's why a lot of older fans are being turned off. But, that I'm, again, I'm not going on a rant anymore. <laughs> but, um, 
the storyline with the bloodline and, and they're gearing up for uh, Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens at Royal Rumble. And from all intents and purposes, from what I've heard, WrestleMania is going to be the Usos defending the Universal Tag Team Championships or Unified Tag Team Championships against Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. So it's a possibility that you could have Sami turning on the bloodline at some point or the bloodline turning on Sami. So we'll see how that plays out. Um, big rumors coming out uh, for Royal Rumble coming up in a, just about a month, uh, maybe a little over a month. You got, um, you know, it's going to be in, uh, where's it going to be, San Antonio this year? Uh, yeah, I think it's back in San Antonio, if I'm not mistaken. But either way, you know, they're saying, okay, well, there's talks about The Rock coming in and winning the Royal Rumble. No, 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 no. The Rock is an attraction, but no, he should not come into the Rumble. He should not win the Royal Rumble. No, under no circumstances. You want to do if you want to do Roman Reigns versus The Rock, you do it at WrestleMania. You don't need the title because who are you going to have win? Are you going to have The Rock win? Who's not going to be there? You know, he's not a full-time wrestler, right? Unless he just wins the match and then forfeits the title, says, "Hey." I just had to prove to you that you're not the best. That's a good story. I get behind that, if that's the way it plays out. Or, do you have Roman Reigns win, The Rock do the, the job, and, and pass the torch, and now the Rock, now Roman Reigns is the head of the table, right? It, it could go either way, and I get that. The storyline would be great, okay? With the title involved. But, you take the title off, nothing changes. Other than, it's not a title match. You could still have the Rock come back, and you could still and you could say, "Hey, you know what? You're not the head of the table. You haven't beat me yet." And you know, so, and again, you could do it. You could have you could have the Rock be Roman Reigns, but then you have to, uh, you know, then if then that kind of kills everything that you've built for the past two and a half years. Um, and I'm not saying that that's going to ruin Roman Reigns, but you know, but that but. You got to build it up for him to have the win, right? Um, if it's The Rock, um, or if The Rock comes back and beats him and says, "Hey, you know what? I just had to do it to you," you know that would that would work if the title was online. He just forfeits the titles and say, "Hey, I don't need the title. I'm going back. I'm not going to be here." But I had to prove to you, you're not the head of the table. Maybe that could set up a rematch at SummerSlam or the following WrestleMania. Could be. But I again, I still don't see how that would benefit anybody. Best bet: Cody Rhodes coming back, winning the Royal Rumble, going on to Mania to win the title. Is it against Reigns, or do you have Cody win it up ahead of time? Um, I don't know. It's a possibility, and you're dealing with family legacies, so you want Cody to have that big WrestleMania win, right? He's coming back from injury. He's gonna come back to the Rumble. Let's see. Let's say he comes back. At the, well, yeah, I mean, anyway, it works. They kind of book themselves into a corner. I mean, and there's so many different play, ways it could play out. But they have you have to look at what's the most beneficial way. Is it Cody Rhodes coming back, winning the Rumble, going to beat Roman at Mania? Maybe. I don't know. Is it The Rock coming back, going, going into the Rumble, winning the Rumble, going to WrestleMania to face... Roman for the title, and then one of the two situations is a triple threat. No, you don't want to ruin that kind of a match as a triple threat. 
um, you know, or could, here we go, or, or could it be, um, I don't know, maybe The Rock has to beat Solo Sokoa first, and, you know, on night one to get to night, but why would you do that, right? That, that kind of takes, takes somebody off the WrestleMania payday. Um, you know, I don't know how they're going to play it out. I don't know if it's going to be true. I mean, now, granted, nothing is set in stone with The Rock. You know, The Rock has his Hollywood schedule. The Rock has the, the, the you know, he has very little time in his schedule right now. Hollywood would be the best place. You know, it's in Los Angeles this year. I don't know. It's a possibility. Um, but anywho, um, I've been at this for over an hour now. I hope you enjoyed the show. I hope you enjoyed the clips that I, that, that I put in there. I, obviously, I don't own the clips. The property of either ABC or, or WWE. Um, but I want to thank you for, for everything. Thank you for... Uh, tuning into the Suds in the Square Circle. Follow on TikTok at Suds underscore square underscore circle. Follow on Instagram. As a matter of fact, what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, I'm going to go ahead and actually film a TikTok while I end this show. So um, I'm going to go ahead and turn this around. And all right, so. Thank you for tuning in to Suds in the Squared Circle podcast. My name is Vinny Apicella, and you're, uh, follow us on TikTok at Suds underscore square underscore, uh, eh, at Suds underscore squared underscore circle. Thank you for oh, tuning in to Suds in the Squared Circle podcast. We actually want to do a longer time limit. Uh, let's see. Nope, nope, nope. How do we get to different times? Um... I see. I'm still. I'm still trying to figure out the whole TikTok thing. All right. Um, how do you get? How is 15 seconds the limit? Right. I thought. I thought you could do up to like. Oh, there we go. You could do up to three minutes. There we go. Okay. There we go. Let's try this again. Take two. Right. All right. Thank you for listening to Suds in the Squirt Circle podcast. My name is Vinny Apicella. Follow on TikTok at suds underscore squared underscore circle. Follow on Instagram at suds and squared circle. You can email me at any time, Vinny, V-I-N-N-I-E, at suds and squared circle.com. Our website is www.sudsandsquaredcircle.com. Buy our merchandise at suds square circle.threadless.com. You can follow the, follow the show on, on Twitter. Um, at Suds SQ Circle Pod, and follow me on Twitter at Viapicella SWE. I want to thank you all for listening again. My name is Vinny Apicella, and this is available anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Have a great day, everybody. Have a great week. We'll be back next Monday with another episode of Suds and the Squared Circle Podcast.